welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that video of Trevor May? He went on Twitch and announced his retirement. He's a pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. And in the same speech as announcing his retirement, he basically blasts the A's owner, tells him to sell the team. Have you ever seen anything like this? This tells us that that locker room must not be very happy. I, I can't think of anything where somebody would come out so blatantly and, and just kind of diss the owner. Like, people have complained about coaching or, or stuff like that, maybe management. But I've never seen somebody attack a billionaire owner, and that just shows how bad he is and how much everybody hates him. And you guys should really hope he doesn't come to Vegas. I'm telling you right now, stop it. If you can, it's going to be terrible. Hopefully he sells. How long has he been waiting to say that? You could just see like the joy on his face as he was finally free to say what he wants. And obviously, we've talked about the fan experience for the A's under John Fisher, and now we know the players aren't doing well either. But uh, what, a few more weeks and we should know if they're officially coming to Las Vegas? Yeah, uh, let's hope not. Earlier this year, the Venetian announced, I think, a billion-dollar renovation plan under their new owners. And if you remember, Las Vegas Sands sold the Venetian kind of as a way to get out of the Las Vegas market, not believing conventions were going to come back. But uh, now it seems like they're doubling down the new owners of Venetian. They announced a $188 million renovation of the convention center. I was just there, you know, for G2E. I don't know if I have any good videos of the actual, like, the hallways and stuff. But it's very like old world Venetian, Italian themed, not very modern at all. Probably needs a a little bit of a facelift. This is the third biggest convention space, the largest privately owned one in the country. I thought Orlando is the biggest, but I guess uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center and Chicago's McCormick Place come ahead of the Sands Convention Center. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was up there on the list, but nice to see the investment. Yeah, crazy that two of the three are in in Vegas too and and very close to each other. It's kind of funny, but I thought the coolest thing was that they're going to be adding like a speakeasy bar, uh, you know, something unique that you can hold a private party type of thing after a convention, which I can't really think of anywhere else that has that. Usually you have to go outside the convention center, maybe something nearby, but to have it facilitated inside of it makes things so much easier. Such a great idea. I don't know why more places don't have something along those lines versus just these convention rooms, like something unique. Here's a bar that we made just for you guys, I think is such a good idea. I don't know. I think it means that speakeasies have officially jumped the shark. When you have a convention center (laughs) with a speakeasy, then maybe this whole uh, this whole thing uh, got you done. Fold, yeah, you you said, fold the wall, you fold the wall, and it <laughs> separates the rooms. And you're like, here you go, here's your speakeasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I think every convention center could retrofit one. Uh, yeah, it's ten thousand square feet. It says it's going to be a design of the Venetian of the 1930s, so like Venice of the 1930s for this speakeasy. So they're going into the old world theme, everything you expect. Yeah, it's a strange announcement, uh, but yeah, this property, top to bottom, getting a refresh. This is good. It needed it. Beautiful property, one of my favorites in Vegas. 
but it had been a while since it had been refreshed. The rooms definitely needed it too, although they are great rooms, but good to see the love. And it seems like the convention business there has been robust. All those uh, people who are saying conventions are dead, I think they are backtracking a little bit right now. Yeah, I spoke to, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was at a seminar and I spoke to a friend that does speeches all around the country. And I said, has it been tough, like getting booked? Are there less conventions than there used to be? Less speaker engagement type of thing? She's like a keynote speaker all over the place. And she said, no, it's like busier than ever. A lot of people missed that interaction with people and getting together in groups. Uh, so I, I think convention came back in a big way when we weren't sure, you know, if people wanted to spend money on it anymore, if it made financial sense. And you can do a lot of stuff via Zoom and everything that we learned through COVID. But she said it's back and it's banging. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to see. And I, I can see why Vegas is spending the money on it. And of course, the sphere is just off the convention center. So that whole area uh, is going to get a lot more traffic going back there with everybody going back towards the sphere. You kind of walk through the convention center and then there's the entrance to the bridge to get back to the sphere. If you could have had a, a party after your convention at the Sphere with the longest bar in the world, that would have been like perfect. What idiots. Yeah. <laughs> have the party with the <laughs> bar and then go to the speakeasy. All yeah. good. Missed opportunities. Well, speaking of the yep. Sphere, U2 has added more shows or they're adding more shows. They're not on sale yet. Not a huge surprise. It's estimated that they spend $10 million on the visuals for that show. The more shows they do, the better economic sense it makes for everything they invested. According to the article I saw on Billboard, it was U2's option to extend and they did. Still working on those other residents. Residencies, though I think Eagles are in the mix. We talked about Fish before, some others. So we'll see Harry Styles, I think. So nothing else new, but you two doing more shows should help with ticket prices. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we kind of assume this would happen. Anybody that creates a show for that would want to add as many as they possibly could. And $10 million is so crazy when you think about it. That might be why they're getting so much of the ticket sales. And maybe Sphere's just trying to make the money back on liquor sales and all that stuff. You know, somebody said in there, an insider said, it isn't really about you 2 it's about the visuals. And that's why people are going. And I think that that is true. I would go to that show, even though I wouldn't go to a normal U2 concert because they're you know it's just not a band that i would spend money on they're not one of my favorites and but i would spend the money to go there to be a part of that experience so as these bands create these shows a lot of people will come that aren't you know fans of them and maybe that's a bonus to them for putting it on in the sphere that they're going to maybe win over some new fans that they didn't have before so something kind of like off the cuff or, or different than expected that might come out of this yeah it'll be interesting to see i, I still want i want to hear who else is going to perform there i'm excited to hear more and i'm sure a lot of other people are too so hopefully they get that news out there quickly all right mark this is the time of the show where we're going to piss off everybody who doesn't like the wnba but we have to say Third major championship for Las Vegas. The Aces have won the WNBA championship, and uh, they did it last year. I think this is the first time we had back-to-back WNBA champions, the same ones since, like, early 2000s. Good to see, man. Las Vegas, another championship on the belt. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just flipping through, like, I was on the internet last night and, and saw the score pop up at halftime. I think they were down by 9 or 10 points at half, so I just expected it to go another game. You know, I didn't I didn't think we'd be announcing this on the show that they won it all after seeing that. But they must have had a really good comeback in the second half and good to see. Congratulations to them and, and cool to see Vegas have another ship to put up, you know, another banner to hang. Yeah, I need to get my Aces back-to-back jersey or whatever, some, some merch. So uh, I'll get on that. As a reminder, our Patreon is now live. You can join us at patreon.com forward slash Vegas. We release our weekly after show on Fridays. You can listen to it. You can watch it. Hope to see you over there. Patreon.com 
forward slash MTM Vegas. And on a programming note, Mark was on the Miles to Memories podcast this week. He used to co-host it with me and our good friend Joe Chung. These days he doesn't do that, but he joined us for some fun. So if you want to see that, search Miles to Memories podcast in any podcast app or uh, Apple, Spotify, all that, or head to mtmpodcast.com. So Caesars Palace is getting an upgrade. Did you see the fountains? They're doing work out there. And this is nice because those fountains are very historic, but you know, they're old. They probably needed some work. And we saw some video of it and some rumors that it's going to be like Bellagio style jets that they're putting in there. I walk by that area all the time. I never really pay attention to the fountains. It's not really anything to draw you in. They look pretty, but if they have, you know, stuff going on shooting around like Bellagio, then maybe it'll be a draw for people to come hang out out front of Caesars, maybe go inside. So I think it's something that's probably long overdue and glad they're taking care of it. And I know... It's a historical place to like check it out, look at the fountains, been there forever, uh, but it's good to see them be revived a bit. Yeah, they're old and historic, and so that means they've always been at risk of getting torn out, especially because they have that very prime strip frontage, and we've seen how Caesars has liked to add stuff right all the way up to the strip, like Hell's Kitchen, stuff like that. So it's been it's good to see that Formula One is kind of making them do it and maybe improve it a little bit, but I'm happy they're here to stay. We also know that Peter Luger is finally open. This is in that old Rayo space inside Caesar's Palace. It was announced, what, I think two years ago? I don't know. It was a long time ago. But they finally got the place open. Saw some video inside. It looks very classy. What Peter Luger's is from New York. What is it? Like over 100 years old, right? So it's a very classic brand coming to Vegas. Now open, though. You can make reservations. You can eat there today. One New York uh, mainstay goes out. Another one comes in. Uh, definitely, you know, it looks beautiful. Uh, probably be one of the better steakhouses, I would imagine, on the Strip. And, and definitely one of the sought-after places inside of Caesars. And all of Caesars' properties, probably one of their top few places. And it's nice to see something that isn't Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bringing in a very well-respected, high-end brand. I mean, Rayo's was sort of similar, right? Uh, you know, has that respect, very well-known nationally. Uh, so it's a very interesting replacement. But I'm sure the prices are through the roof, as you would expect there, as the New York City one is but by all accounts, pretty high quality. Area 15 broke ground on the Universal experience. So they're doing their phase two now. It's I think it's about a year and a half, two years away from opening. But Universal this week decided that they are going to release the name of the place. It's called Universal Horror Unleashed. And that will be the name of their very first full-time haunt attraction in the United States or anywhere. We'll see if they build more of these around the country, but Universal Horror Unleashed. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like. Uh, something cool, something different. And I love all these experience things that are coming to Vegas, you know, especially off the strip a little bit that you can get out and, and do something a little different than what you've done previous years when you come into town. So I like and I hope it grows. And it's also good for locals to have those type of things available to them. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. So back on the subject of sports really quick. We've been so caught up in the F1 stuff, Mark, that we forgot to talk about the NASCAR race last weekend. Kyle Larson won. Seems like there was no drama. So why do we have to talk about it? Races should have all the drama, you know, inconveniences and all the pain, right? That's what F1 has taught us. I didn't know the Speedway was used for racing. I thought it was just for EDC. So I'm, I'm surprised to see that there was a race there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, people. I'm joking. I went about a decade ago to the race, the NASCAR race there. It was great. It's a fun time. Just make sure you bring earplugs. Same thing with the F1, I'm, I'm assuming. Just bring earplugs because it gets loud, but an amazing thing. And the Las Vegas Motor Speedway is great. So sorry not to talk about NASCAR. Glad the race went really well. And uh, we have a nice tradition of that here in Las Vegas. Keep it going. So F1 is sort of in the news again. MGM just released a bunch of experiences for the weekend of F1. 
And uh, I'm not sure why they didn't release any of this ahead of time, but now we know they're going to have a Ferrari pop-up store, an Alfa Romeo experience at Aria, augmented reality at the Chandelier Bar. I don't even know what that's going to be at Cosmo. Are they going to give you those Ray-Ban glasses with where you can see through? I don't know. And then uh, Mama Rabbit at Park MGM is going to have a Sapphire Reserve for credit card holders. You know, my points and miles nerd got excited for that. But a ton of other stuff, so we'll put a link down in the description. A lot of different events. Enough to bring you to town, Mark? Uh, no. no <laughs> I loved in the uh, the one with the Sapphire Reserve where they're like, you'll get discounted on your drinks and stuff, so they'll be like 10 bucks instead of 18 bucks or something like that. But And then they're like, you'll earn three times on all that spent. Well, yeah, as a restaurant, you always earn three times with your <laughs> Sapphire Reserve. So I was like, what are, what are you putting that in there for? We're not supposed to. They're not, they're not marketing to us who know better, you know. And <laughs> you're very generous in thinking they're going to go from 18 to 10. It's probably 18 to 17 that's more like what you're gonna get <laughs> true but you know it's uh it's benefits it's it's stuff and you know seeing the ferrari pop-up store the alfa romeo experience those are gonna be cool things all related to the race i'm excited to see what they do there and it's a positive story i think i think these are good additions so we don't have anything negative to say about f1 today and i'm grateful for that because i'm tired of having to say negative stuff people think that we really want to be negative i don't want to be negative it's just you can't ignore all the stuff that's going on and so this yeah. is a good thing. Rates continue to fall. We've seen really low rates at many hotels. So keep checking those if you want to come. Just keep in mind that you still have those uh, no cancellation things. So if you do book something, you're probably not going to be able to cancel it. So you may want to wait. But there's definitely some value there. Lower rates on that weekend than many other weekends around it. So uh, we'll see how that all uh, shakes out. Over under on $50 tickets, Mark. Uh, over. I think it's going to yeah. be like 100 yeah. bucks, something like that. But I'm just looking forward to December when we don't have to talk about F1 ever again for at least 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, good luck with that. <laughs> so let's talk about our other favorite topic, Fountain Blue. And there's a lot of new stuff that came out. First off, Vital Vegas shared this video inside the casino floor. And this is by far the best view we've gotten. It's a little bit of a shaky video, but it, yeah, you know, sort of shaky. meshes. Yeah, I tried to stabilize it. I tried to do a stabilized version of it and it made it worse. So I'm showing you the original version. That was the best I could do. But it looks great, man. I, I'm a little worried that I'm falling a little bit too much in love with this sort of decor and the way that they've laid it out. We saw the concept art and in reality, it looks very much like like the concept art but high ceilings mark you know it has a different thing with that blue color scheme and gray i don't the creams everywhere i'm loving it yeah the carpet man i mean people were upset we didn't talk about carpet last week i thought it looked exactly what you know we expected it to look like and it looks it looks gorgeous and instantly i think will be many people's top two three maybe favorite vegas casino if it if the service and everything else lives up to what the build looks like I think it looks great. The one thing I will say that is negative, maybe, is, and from what we could see, the pictures of the sports book, it looked pretty tight and cramped when we're seeing a lot of open air sports books, more like bar theme type sports books. And this looks more like an old school. Here's the back corner with some desks to come up and make your bets. It, it just seems like they missed a little bit with that, but we can only see a portion of it. So maybe there's a whole different area that we're not seeing. Yeah, it does seem very boxed in there, although it does look very kind of big and grand. So you're gonna have the big screens. But you know, who knows if they're putting as much emphasis into that. We also saw a look at the Porta Cache all lit up now. So that'll be the main entrance to Fountain Blue over on the north side. That sort of faces the Sahara. Looking good. That's a beautiful part of the structure. One that a lot of people haven't probably seen yet. Hasn't gotten a lot of coverage just because it's been mainly under construction and hard to see. But uh, yeah, beautiful. The outside's coming along. Everything uh, moving towards an opening. And this, by all accounts, should be 
a world-class Las Vegas property. A world-class Las Vegas property needs a world-class opening in its theater. We learn more about its 3,800-seat Blue Live Theater. That's the name of the of the theater. And that they're not going to do long residencies. That was an interesting thing uh, that came out in an interview that I read. They're planning to do like engagements for two to six shows with different acts. So they're trying to take a different strategy than Resource World across the street. And just as we had talked about, what, a couple months ago with the rumor, Post Malone is going to open up that theater with his New Year's Eve shows, doing back-to-back shows there, I think, on the 30th and 31st. Post Malone, the theater, different strategy, beautiful casino. Everything we're seeing is great, and uh, they didn't pay me to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that they're going a different route. You know, we've seen a lot of people doing these residencies that are, you know, on and off and, and that type of thing. So I like more of like a concert hall where we're going to have different acts come in for, you know, a few day, few nights most of the time, maybe, you know, four or five nights type of thing. I think Post Malone's a good choice. I know we talked about this when it was the rumor. Is it a perfect fit for that? If they are going the route, we think they are like the new Cosmo, the, you know, 25 to 35-year-old crowd, more hip and, and more edgy. Similar to the Sphere with U2 was really the perfect fit to, to kick that off and, and what they're going for there. So I think that this will be really successful, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I wish they opened it a week earlier. I, re- I still hate them uh, because of that, but uh, I'll see it early next year, hopefully. I'm sure we can get you a private uh, tour uh, a week ahead of time. <laughs> no, but th- This theater is also going to have like the state-of-the-art sound system that's only been used so far on the Metallica and Ed Sheeran tours. So hopefully you're going to have really great sound, which you're going to need at this point. Any new venue, any venue in Las Vegas competing with the Sphere is going to have to have killer sound. Uh, but it seems like they figured out where their place is in the market. 3,800 seats, a little bit smaller than Resorts World's Theater or the Dolby Theater at Park MGM. So they're slotting in a little bit smaller, taking a little bit of a different approach. Yeah, good to see that. I just can't wait for the place to open. It's exciting. I remember back, you know, when we had Virgin and Circa and Resorts World all sort of open, you know, not too far away from each other. And now we have Durango and Fountain Blue opening and then nothing, you know, for a long time, maybe a few more years, hopefully, if we get anything else. So enjoy it while you can, because... You don't get one of these places every day opening on the strip. Yeah, I think I'm I'm very excited for both of these, Durango and uh, Fountain Blue. I'm, I'm kind of like as excited as I was for Circa. I had high expectations for that, and it lived up to it. And I, I expect both of these to be in that same realm and, and kind of live up to it. And I, I was also excited for Virgin, but that just fell flat. Resorts World was never, once they took all the theming out of it and stuff, I was never super excited for that one. Uh, but yeah, Virgin, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> MTM Vegas drinking game Mark Trash's Virgin so uh, we checked off the box there talked about carpet talked about the WNBA Aces and their major championship I think we did a good show here yeah exactly (laughs) I mean we checked off all the boxes for you so let us know what we let us know what you think about anything we talked about here hit us up in the comments what do you think about Fountain Blue is that casino look as good as it does uh, for me the WNBA Aces everything else we discussed in this show Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and we'll be back in a couple days with another show. Hit us up on Patreon as well. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Have a good weekend, everybody.